0: This is Emmanuel Today. Taking steps toward God's possible in your life. It's now time for you to sit back and prepare for insights on your walk with Christ. Let's join today's message right now. All right, all right. Good morning, Emmanuel. Oh, how many love Jesus today? You love him? Uh, it's great to be talking to all of our locations, Maple Grove, Elk River, Spring Lake Park. And I just want to say today before I get into the message, how grateful I am for the family of God. We had kind of a, a moment in our church's story last week, and uh, in that moment, nobody saw it coming, but God is faithful. And I want to give, a, I want to give some shout outs here today uh, for some of the people in our church that just you just made a huge difference. We have a team. It's our security safety team at our church called The Watchmen. And uh, The Watchmen are dedicated women and men who just give their lives to make sure... All of our spaces are secure on each of our locations. You might not ever just see them. They're kind of just standing there. And sometimes they have the earpiece in. They look like Secret Service agents uh, in our campuses and that kind of thing. But they're stationed strategically. And they work with training all the time. And uh, I am so grateful for them and all the safety that they provide. And it worked last week and it will continue to work every week. Would you give it up for the Watchmen? My goodness. Thank you and uh, just grateful. And today you're going to have an opportunity. If you're interested in joining the Watchmen, you can do that in each of our lobbies. We'd love for you to do that. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, we have local partners that we have at our, at our church. And, uh, and, and those partners are outside of the building, but they're the local police departments that I'm entirely grateful for. And uh, last week in Spring Lake Park, we had the Blaine Columbia Heights, Fridley, Spring Lake Park, and Minneapolis Police Departments all come to our buildings to keep us safe. I'm so grateful for our police servant on our behalf. And man, just so grateful. And you know, and even in an hour like we're in, this is crazy times in America. We can love our neighbor as ourselves and support the authorities in the land at the same time and seek the peace of our city. And I want you to know that that's what we are is about as the body of Christ is supporting and partnering with and last weekend, we were the beneficiaries of what God was doing through them and then of course on our facilities teams our volunteer teams and kids and first impressions and production and worship everybody working together I am grateful for the whole church and I, I had to pause right now before I preach because as a pastor I can't lead and do everything by myself we all need each other can I get an amen And when we spring together and come together, there's something powerful that happens. God is with us. And I know that He's with us even today. So, as we begin part two of our Redwood Faith series, today's title is Rooted. I am more than ever convinced that this series is critical for your mental health, your capacity to handle ongoing challenges in a very contentious moment of history. There's too much going on to fight alone. Turn to the person next to you and say, I can't fight alone. I can't do it. We need Jesus and we need our sisters and brothers to help us keep the cares of the world from snuffing out the light and the joy that Jesus gives us. And last week we looked at Matthew chapter 13 where Jesus was talking about the types of seed that go into the ground. And according to Jesus, some people make it and others don't. And wise people learn to listen to the way Jesus provides to survive, where the seed begins to grow roots and develop into the dream that God has for us. As Proverbs chapter 12 says, wickedness never brings stability, but the godly have deep roots. Come on, somebody. We need to have that stability during these seasons of our lives. My number one secret in my own life to surviving through stressful times is my rooted friendships. So as I stand here 40, none of your business years old, and I can't say that for much longer. So I'm gonna keep saying it. (laughs) I have to tell you, as I look back over the chapters of my life, I have had major highs and major lows. And I don't know how I could have navigated it without the spiritual friendships that are a part of my own personal Redwood faith. I can't get up and preach to you on a Sunday and talk about God's word and his greatness and leave this part out from you. You need to have spiritual friendships develop over time that are part of your stability. They will keep you when otherwise you would drift away. And I believe that today, I want you to know those three ways that I have that you too can become rooted. I want to give you three things there. Those three things are grow into Jesus, grow with other believers, and grow strong in his love. Let me go with the first one. Grow into Jesus. I want you to turn with me to Colossians chapter 2. In Colossians chapter 2, speaking to the, the church church, it says this, and now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him, and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. Listen, the starting point for our growth is the amazing unmerited salvation from sin that Jesus gives us. So as we're talking about developing a root system that withstands the storms of life, it has to be about Jesus first and foremost. You can build friendships, but without Jesus, they're nothing. Listen, Jesus did something for you that is powerful. Romans 5, for God demonstrates his own love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He died ahead of time. I don't know where this happened for you. I don't know what your storyline is like. We all have a story before Jesus. We were rooted in something else before Jesus came into the story. And listen, if you were uh, rooted in something else, when Jesus came in, you began a new root development, if you will, in Psalm 92, it says, but the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon, for they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. This is what we talk about in Growth Track all the time, it's just this facts that when you are saved, you're planted in the Lord's house. That's also a part of the local church You'll hear us talk about it, Emmanuel, that the the church isn't just a building, but it's a spiritual house with people, right? And that you are meant to be planted in that house. You aren't just meant to watch church like a a Netflix show all the time and be disconnected from other believers, but you're meant to be connected to other people, transplanted in to the house of God. So before, your strength came from other things. But now that you're serving Jesus, your strength comes from being a part of the family. How many are glad you're a part of the family? You're part of that house. Yes, that's exactly what Jesus brings into us. And in Colossians, we're encouraged to continue, he says, to follow him. Let your roots grow down into Jesus, if you will, and let your lives be built on him. We are not just to be saved and then move on with our life. We're to begin to follow a new leader, to follow Jesus. He is the central point of all of our faith and all that we do. We follow Jesus, and our roots need to go down into him. They need to go down into Jesus. You know, seeds need water, and they need the nutrients in the dirt in order to grow. So there's a stretching that happens from the, the seed that reaches out For the soil and reaches out for that water. And listen, as Jesus said in John 7, 38, he says, Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. In other words, if we have needs, we need to go to Jesus for our needs. The rest of the world doesn't have the nutrients you can get from Jesus. Jesus. Jesus alone has the capacity to provide what we need in any hour of our need. He is the central point for our thinking, for our relationships, for how we handle money, for how we handle resource. Every part of our lives, even how we think about ourselves, needs to come from Jesus. If it comes from anywhere else, you're getting an untrue script. What other people are saying about you, even if it's like making you sound really good about yourself, we don't need the affirmation of others. We need the affirmation of Jesus who cared about us and loved us enough to die for us. You are valuable, baby. God cares about you no matter what the scripts of life and other words that were spoken into you. Jesus alone is the one that has true love for you. Can I get an amen to that? And literally, we have to search and reach for that. Sometimes that means there's obstacles in the way. And we got to stretch and search for Jesus. In the middle of difficult times, perhaps you have tension in your family or tension around you. Or maybe you just have a difficulty uh, looking at the world around you. You know, uh, our souls were not built to handle the hurt of the whole world. And sometimes we try to handle things and we see things and we're overwhelmed and our hearts become saddened by those things. Can I tell you when your heart is uh, uh, saddened by those things that maybe we can turn our heart toward Jesus. For Jesus did carry the weight of the world. Jesus can carry the weight of And his burden is easy and his yoke is light. If we can cast our cares on Jesus, we'll find the relief that we need. Come to Jesus. And then we have to build our lives on him. See, there's a gap between you and life, and that gap is a growth process. Learning to pursue what's best for you means building your life on Jesus. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth. The result isn't pride. It's thankfulness. That's what it says there in Colossians. That at the end of it, if you follow Jesus and you look for him, it's not pride in yourself, it's thankfulness to Jesus. Jesus, I can't believe you brought me this far. That you continue to forgive my sins. That you have mercy on me. Man, I'll tell you what, when you can be thankful, other people will be attracted to you. Because you are somebody instead of consuming their soil, if you will, and who they are, your your resources in Jesus, so you have something to give to others. But there's a warning in your growth journey and it's found there in Colossians again in verse eight. It says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world Rather than from Christ. There are going to be philosophies and opinions that are empty or destructive. High sounding, it says. Or in other words, smart sounding. It seems smart. But at the end, it's nonsense. And it comes from human sources and spiritual powers. Rather than Christ. This last year, I have seen more philosophies that sound good ideas about everything from government to health to finances to families. And the problem is, they aren't from Christ. In Colossians, we're told to not let anyone capture us, divert us from the centrality of Jesus in our lives. Listen, I'm just gonna tell you, I've, I've been down the road as in, in education, and when you're in education, you're taught to learn and to look at all kinds of resources and opinions on just about anything. And as I've gone down my own journey, I have discovered even in the faith world, there are people that have philosophies that are apart from Christ. That there are shared stories on your timeline that are apart from Christ, but they're cloaked in biblical language. You and I have to get back into the Word and into Jesus, and even when we hear something that may sound good, we need to bring it back to Jesus and say, Jesus, is this you? Is this you? And of course, if you're under concern and you're not sure, you're kind of confused, then that's where spiritual leadership comes into the story as well. You and I need to be connected and under spiritual authority. It's my desire as a pastor to preach the truth and the Word of God every single Sunday. And if you begin to doubt what I'm preaching, you can do that. But I encourage you then to go back to the Word and say, is Pastor Nate off? Or is he staying true to the Word? And you have to ask the Lord to do that. Then you come underneath spiritual authorities. Have those conversations with spiritual authorities in your life. And make sure they're under authority too. Because, listen, if you get into a place where any one person thinks that they know everything, it's really a quick jump for them to leave Jesus as the Lord because they like the spotlight. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Some people just like the spotlight. And I think it's important for us to stay Jesus-centered. Listen, some of us will say, well, Jesus is number one on my list. Number one is not good enough. You know why it's not good enough? Because sometimes number two through number 10 outweigh number one. We need Jesus to be at the center where every part of our life revolves around him. He filters our news and our emotions and our problems and our successes with Jesus. His word, Jesus is called the living word of God. The Bible is critical to your thought life. As Romans chapter 12 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect pursue Jesus by reading the Bible, praying in real time, and building the rest of your life on him. Three ways that you can become rooted starts with going down into Jesus. Secondly, grow with other believers. Say that with me. Grow with other believers. See, your root development must have connection to other believers. We've been talking about Redwood Faith, the great redwood trees on the west coast to go hundreds of feet tall and, and live for hundreds of years. And, but their roots are interconnected to each other. And there's some really great studies out there that show that when you see uh, a forest of trees, that, that there are hub trees, trees that actually help multiple other trees. And it's like a network, if you will, of strength throughout, throughout a forest. And, and that network of strength means that uh, if one falls, it has an impact on multiple trees. And I know that in the church, we need to grow together, that isolation is not a good thing for us We literally need others to help our roots grow. The Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the Ephesians, and he talked about how the church is meant to work together. In chapter 4 of Ephesians, you'll see in there uh, Ephesians 4.11 where he talks about the five offices, the pastor, evangelist, apostle, teacher, um, prophet. All of those are meant to be gifts to the church to help the church Do what he says is the work of the ministry. Then, if all of the churches working together, connected together, then verse 14, it says this. Then we will no longer be immature like children. Anybody here not want to be immature? (laughs) We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of what? Love. So if you want the type of roots that can handle the most difficult things in life, the family dysfunction perhaps that you've experienced or divorce or hurtful words or the fact that you've got prodigal kids that have left the faith or whatever it may be ethical decisions on the job the pressure to do what you know isn't right that comes up outside of you into you the health issues that maybe you are facing the physical and the mental health things that we battle you need relationships you can't battle it alone I was looking at a study this week in the Harvard Business Review and uh, looking at CEOs and what's going on in corporate America. This isn't even, it's not a religious article at all. And the former Surgeon General of the United States, Vivek Murthy, he said this, The world is suffering from an epidemic of loneliness. If we cannot rebuild strong, authentic social connections, we will continue to splinter apart in the workplace and in society. Instead of coming together to take on the great challenges before us, we will retreat into our corners, angry, sick, and alone. We must take action now to build the connections that are the foundation of strong companies and strong communities and that ensure greater health and well-being for all of us. Wow. Even the world recognizes something's going on, and the disruption and the fighting and the anger but how many know the surgeon general might not know the solution we know in the scripture that the bible is already talking about all of those things but let me I want to bridge this beyond just okay you might be thinking well pastor Nate's only talking about connect groups right now not not at all connect groups is a great part of a way to connect in the church I'm talking about all of your life to consider spiritual good relationships in every part of your life. And if you don't have it, you're going to be in a difficult place. You're not going to have that rooted type of faith. But it's beyond even in the church. If you own a company or if you are a leader, an executive leader, a management, and you look at the people that God has put underneath your influence, and you look at them, there are studies right now that are talking about the danger for companies to drop off in their performance because the employees are isolated. They've got other issues going on in their head and their heart right now. They're battling other things. And you and I can foster and facilitate a sort of redwood faith or the beginnings of it in our, under our leadership that we can facilitate that to notice those that are isolated, begin to develop those connections, and hopefully, eventually, they come to Jesus. Amen? But the reality is the need isn't just in the church. It's everywhere you look. We need people. And loneliness was often in the background of clinical illness, the article goes on to say, contributing to disease and making it harder for patients to cope and heal. Loneliness shortens lifespans in a way similar to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. That's what the studies show. So the stress we feel, the thing that's buried on the inside, it is having an impact on the rest of your body. And if we don't deal with that, and, um, you know, the studies are pretty clear, cigarettes will hurt people in the long run. People will die from that. And if you're battling a, uh, uh, an addiction to vaping or to smoking, friends, I want you to win. We talk about that in our, in our freedom area of our church. We want you to win and break the addiction. But we don't want to, and sometimes that's nothing more than coping with internal stress. But just because you're not smoking doesn't mean that you're not hurting yourself. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We have to deal with those things and it has to come out. If it's only buried inside, it will hurt us. What if we recognized our own need for our roots to connect to other believers? You're asking, like, well, how do I connect? And what are the things that will help me with that? Well, I think even some basic values. Let me give you some of the basic values that you can have that will help begin to build some of those things. Things like respect and honor. You know, when you respect and honor others, you listen to people, you keep their confidence, you speak tactfully and respectfully... If you ever been in a relationship where the other person doesn't even listen to you, that all they do is talk and they never listen, well, don't be that person. What if you learn to listen and respect and honor, even in disagreements? I'm saying this right now because the church needs to figure this one out. In social media in spaces where the rules are different outside of the church and people are doing whatever they want to do. Now, you know what we need to do? We need to learn to speak like Jesus speaks when we type on the phone. Come on now. I'll preach to myself and say, yeah, that's good, Pastor Nate. We need to honor and lean in, not correct. What if we, what if we choose to be with people, not fix people? We're here to support and pray and not provide solutions or just try to fix them all the time. What if we join them? What if our prayers, in our prayers, we really did pray for each other. We didn't just say it. Come on, somebody. Then every single time we get together, when we hear something, we can say, you know what, I'm going to pray. Let's pray right now. The closer you get to people, the more quickly you just go to the Lord with it and then you can let it go. You know, I, I we get together in our Connect group. We were together this week. We were on Zoom for our meeting for re, our Redwood Faith group, and uh, while we were talking, one of the questions was just about how do you know that that re, uh, roots are growing and you've got Redwood Faith. And one of our, our our people on the call, he just said, "You know, while I'm talking, I can feel my roots grow." That's so true. It's so true. The more I'm talking, the more I'm listening, the more I'm engaging, the more I'm growing. What if we learn to be teachable, willing to hear another viewpoint, admitting our own errors or mistakes, and verbalizing our desire to grow? There we go. We can grow into Jesus, down into him, and we can grow with each other. And third, we can grow strong in his love. See, when we're doing the first two things, we begin to grow stronger and stronger in his love. Every time we gather, we leave a world desperately in need of Jesus. Some of the rules of how to fight in the world outside the church can erode our love for each other and for Jesus. But I can tell you this, when you come out of a week on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday where you've been hearing all the toxic stuff and we breathe it all in, all of us breathe the toxic air in and we come back to church, we walk in with people sometimes that were on the other side of arguments that we heard during the week, but the church is the only place when we come in that we're all a part of one body, the body of Christ. And as we come in and we've got the the junk in us and we begin to lift up the name of Jesus together and celebrate, What he's done for us, our hope leaves the world around us and it moves to Jesus, and Jesus pushes all the toxic. Crud out of us and replaces it replaces it with the love of God for our sisters and our brothers and our enemies. Where we can pray for our enemies, it's different than the rest of the world. Church, when we get together, something beautiful happens. The love of God becomes the love of our hearts, and the love of the world leaves our soul. Oh, come on, somebody, it's beautiful. But we're caught in between the kingdom we live around and the kingdom of God. And when we gather, we have that opportunity to soak in the kingdom of God, to remind ourselves that Jesus' way is different. Jesus was betrayed that night. Judas had turned him in. Peter went with. And Peter was just like a lot in the church. He saw the soldier who was, was like a police officer. That came to take Jesus away and Peter went and sliced off his ear. He wanted to do the right thing by attacking the police officer. And Jesus said, Peter, put away your sword. Put away your sword. In other words, Jesus' way is a little bit different with handling the conflicts around us. Some of you might be saying, but what if that police officer was corrupt? Well, I say this. Let's begin to pray and seek for true justice in every level of every power of every organization. But we won't do it by bearing a sword. Let's ask God to do what he can do, but we can't. What about praying for your enemies, Jesus said. He didn't say debate your enemy. Share a story that proves your enemy is wrong. Hello? What does he say? Pray for your enemies. How many of you are praying for your enemies? He talked about blessed are the peacemakers. What's a peacemaker look like in 2021? Well, we should come in here and say, Jesus, while I'm in the pristine place where we're worshiping you, would you make of me a peacemaker in my city? Father, forgive them, Jesus said, for they don't know what they're doing there's a different way to think when we come together but this is why we can do it It isn't because we're better people or that somehow we've got the right law and the right rules in the church where we can point the finger and be all righteous and self-righteous no it's a different way of thinking and Jesus says something happens when we gather together in Matthew 18 he says I Also, tell you this if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. Come on, somebody. See, the difference is when Jesus steps in, he is our filter, he's our filter, he allows us to step into difficult spaces. And to love when others would not love. This week, I went with several pastors and about a hundred clergy into Brooklyn Center, and uh, there were pastors that were gathering to pray for their city. And uh, we partnered with Pastor Bernard from uh, Brookdale Christian Center and Sons of God Church in Brooklyn Center. And as we, we talked with him, and then we talked to several other pastors, they were hurting because they had businesses looted around them. Their members in their church and the community were concerned for their safety. They didn't know how to fix the issue. They love and pray for the police, and they care for the city. And it was as if the pastors were stuck between a world argument. And as we stepped in, I felt that sense of, Of humility, because when we gather together, that's where Jesus would be in that space. And we said, oh God, we don't know how to fix it, but we're going to call out to you from the streets. Because that's what the church does. And where two or three are gathered together, Jesus is there. He can fix what I can't fix. And friends, there's a lot going on right now that we can't fix. There's a lot of people afraid about what will happen in our city this week. But, church, we don't need to be afraid as long as we're together. And when we're together, Jesus is there. And where Jesus is, is, his love is there. Lord, replace my fear with your love, your love for the city. What can we agree on when we come to church or gather for prayer in a connect group or get on the phone? We can agree that our wisdom isn't enough. We need Jesus. We can agree that we have an enemy and that Jesus has already defeated that enemy. We can agree that we are in the same family. Come on, somebody. We, when we pray, Jesus taught us to pray, our Father who is in heaven. Not my Father, our Father. We're all a part of the same family. And we can agree that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Can I get an amen, church? Would you stand with me today? Ultimately, we need to pray. What pray? I want... We need to receive what Paul prayed over the church in Ephesians chapter 3. And I want you to consider this right now. In fact, I want you to receive a prayer over you that was written thousands of years ago from Ephesians. And if you could right now, you can keep your eyes open if you want, or you can close your eyes. But just put your hands like this, like you're receiving this prayer over you as a church. He says this, when I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father. The creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious and unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should how wide and how long and how high and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God, now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or thank glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever amen 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 amen. come on somebody lift up your hands right now to him Lord we come to you we thank you that you're working in our hearts you're working in the church you're working in this moment that we don't need to fear that the love of God is stronger than fear that you are with us I thank you God that we do not need to be afraid but by you Lord we can do anything with you nothing is impossible I pray oh God that you would come alongside each and every soul under the sound of my voice that they would hear and feel a loving God speaking to your children Lord that you love your daughters that you care for your sons that you're not done that you're on the move And I pray in Jesus' name that, Lord, we would walk in the faith that comes from you. Help our roots to grow down into you, Jesus. Help us, Lord, experience all that you have in the body of Christ as we grow with our sisters and brothers. I pray, oh God, that our love of God would grow in all of us. We thank you today. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Would you just close your eyes and you can put your hands down for one more moment. Before we go into singing, I just got to give the the opportunity for some that have wandered into church or joined us online today and you do not yet have a relationship, a beginning point, a fresh start with God. The Bible says that there is an opportunity for all of us if we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that God raised Him from the dead, and we put our faith and our trust in Him, that He receives our faith the free gift of salvation is given to us, then we can know new hope and new life and new relationship in God. Before we go on, I just wanna give you an opportunity. If you need your, a relationship with Jesus or you need to come back to him, I wanna pray with you. And if that's you, you, nobody's looking around, but you say, Pastor Nate, I need to give my life to Jesus or I need to come back to him. Just put your hand up and say, that's me. That's me, Pastor Nate. Yeah, last week, even on a week where we had a, a different experience, there were many people that came to faith in Jesus, yes. Yes, I know that God is on the move and speaking to hearts and to minds. And I just wanna lead you in a prayer. If you raise your hand or you're taking that step of faith or you clicked something in the, in the chat online, whatever it may be, and you're giving your life to Christ or you're coming back to him, I wanna lead you in a prayer. And, and I just want you to pray this prayer out loud to God. I'll give you words to pray. And everybody else, you can join right in with me. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came to the earth You died on the cross, and you rose from the dead. Today, I surrender to you. I believe you're the Son of God, and I choose to follow you for the rest of my life. Please forgive me of my sin, and make me new. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to Emmanuel Today. You can learn more about the various ministries that Emmanuel offers and see Sunday services live every week. Check out emmanuelcc.org for details.